Fellow Mountaineers, you made it to episode 15 of the Trust the Beard podcast presented by The Bearded Ear. I want to remind all the old grads and young lads, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And for more social media content, follow me on X and Twitter or on Facebook at Earbeard. That's E-E-R-B-E-A-R-D. Without further ado, let's jump into episode 15, which I have titled The Trounce House. Hey, Mountaineer fans, I just wanted to jump in before we start the episode and let you know that uh, this episode had to be cut short a little bit. Did intend to give you some numbers on the matchup with West Virginia and Central Florida. But as you know, I, I kind of do this part time for fun and, and family's always first. And, you know, I had to take care of some things. Nothing major, just, you know, normal dad stuff that gets that comes up through the week. So I wasn't able to actually sit down and record um, but following the the next segment, it does cut short because I was going to bleed into the, the numbers portion. So I went ahead and, and trimmed that up. And then in the final section, I will just give my my quick thoughts on the game and a, and a prediction for the score. So uh, apologize for any of that and uh, hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. morning West Virginia fans this is the bearded ear coming to you from a segment I think I'm going to start calling from the couch just like last episode here I am on my couch it's Wednesday morning October 25th about eight o'clock you know right before I have to go to my normal job I'm just going to give you my thoughts on West Virginia's upcoming game against Central Florida so again I'm on my couch, I got my coffee, enjoying some Folgers Black Silk, which I highly recommend if you are a dark roast lover. And my mug of choice is a little nice yoga mug. And on the brim, it says, when I found yoga, I found love. <laughs> there is a story behind that. It is my mug. It's not my wife's. But uh, we'll get into that at a later time. So I actually don't do yoga, just for the record. So these little moments that I have on my couch in the morning, uh, you know, my wife takes the kids to school. Uh, I'm kind of here for about an hour by myself, about a half hour before, like I said, I start my full-time job. I do work from home, so that kind of makes it convenient. So these are the moments I'm just going to kind of give my thoughts, you know, no stats, no, no analytics. Uh, I do have my laptop in front of me just as a, as a reference. But I'm just going to give my thoughts about what I think West Virginia needs to do. You know, kind of state of the program type of stuff. So here we are Saturday. We have Central Florida. We travel to Orlando. It's at noon kickoff on FS1. And if West Virginia ever needed a get right game, it's right now. And I don't like to call wins must wins. Right to me, those are... 10 out of 10, like you have to have this one, you know, you're, you're at five wins and you need that sixth one to get a bowl game. That's a must win. This, I wouldn't call this a must win, uh, in terms of needing this for the success of the program this season. Uh, but I will give it about an eight or a nine out of 10. I don't think we can handle a three game losing streak. 
right? You start the season four and one, and then midway through you're at four and four. That's not a good look. And it's not a good look for fans, for boosters, for donors. That's that's critical, right? And next week we've got BYU, which you know you're expecting to win. And if you lose this one, who's going to show up, right? And, and I've heard this, I believe it was Country Roads Confidential. Um, uh, they projected out to Cincinnati, but um, I'm looking at BYU. Who's going to be there? Um, it, it's not a big game. It's it's not a it's not a rival. It's not a there's not a lot of hype surrounding that one. So I, will we get fifty? Will we get forty five at the game if we lose on Saturday? Who knows? Um, but this one's crucial. And in Central Florida, you know, just looking at their last five, they're one and four. Uh, Going all the way back to September 16th, they beat Villanova 48-14. But then they've had at Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas, and Oklahoma. So three of the four are, you know, the the top tier of the Big 12. Baylor, obviously not. But that's four losses. That's a tough pill to swallow. And West Virginia might be three-fourths there if we don't get our act together this Saturday. And I want to touch on one of the things I've been hearing over the past week. It's the lack of depth on the defense. And some of the injuries that we've had. Obviously, we're going to get uh, Tomas Remack back. Uh, That's going to be a huge bonus. But you look at some of the other injuries that we've had. Obviously, Montre Miller... Keyshawn Cobb, those hurt, right? Because those are guys that were brought in as transfers, hoping to plug in, you know, if not starters, then then certainly playing for start, uh, starting uh, minutes, some serious playing time. Obviously, Josiah Trotter, you know, he he was going to get some major time. And then you look at Trey Lathan, right? We And we missed Burks for a little bit. You know, some, some of the O-line had been a little banged up. And the only thing I have to say about this, and, and I've and I've heard people say about Trey Lathan, like that was a huge loss. He was coming into his own, and now we're replacing him with with Ben Cutter, who's probably like quadrupled his his minutes. And the only thing I can say to this is, if the defense is starting to, I guess regress is the best word, because a redshirt freshman and Trey Lathan is out on the field you have bigger problems and I and I know it's not just Lathan but it seems to me that there's a lot of talk about him not being in there and how that affects our team that worries me when you have one or two guys out I don't expect them to play as good when you have all your starters healthy and that's at any level right NFL down to Pop Warner Youth League Right, If you don't have your best players out there and your best players aren't fully healthy, you're not going to be the same defense. But to see this drop all of a sudden because a couple guys are banged up, that worries me. That means that your your um, effectiveness as a defense is, is paper thin. right? And I, and I think we've started to see that. And Central Florida, uh, you know, this game really worries me because... They, they got their quarterback back, John Reese Plumley, 
and he looked pretty decent against Oklahoma, right? They, they battled hard, um, and almost upset them on the road. And that's, that's a tough ask. Cause I think Oklahoma was coming off a bye, And so what are they going to do at home? And uh, this is, this is their homecoming, right? So this is a big deal. It's going to be nice weather. Um, now maybe they have the same effect being 0 and 4 in the conference that they don't have a big crowd. Uh, there's not a big turnout. Who knows? And maybe we can see if West Virginia can finally pull it together and shake off these last two. And I said in the last episode, we were told that this team is mentally tough and physical. And we just haven't seen it, right? You, you can be as mentally tough and as physical as you want to be for three quarters. But if you are not physically, mentally tough in those in that fourth one, it doesn't mean anything. Because that's where games are won and lost. And we've seen that in these last two games. That's where the game was lost. One at the very end of the fourth quarter and one kind of at the beginning with Oklahoma State in that muffed punt. And so that stuff has to get corrected. And <clears throat> as you can tell, I'm, I'm starting to be on the fence with Neil Brown. And I, and I said it last episode, I, I'm not trusting it. I'm not distrusting it. I just want to win. And so I, I don't know what you do as a coach, right? I, I'm not, I've never led a power five program. I've never even led a youth football program. So I have coached my son's U6 soccer team. And I'm not going to brag, even though we don't keep score. We did go undefeated. We went 8-0 this year. (laughs) So (laughs) if that's in question, then I have some answers for you uh, as far as U6 soccer. But as far as running a Power 5 program, um, you know, there's always that saying that you want to say true. You want to stay true to yourself as a head coach. Right, don't try to be something you're not. But if staying true to yourself means going 0 and 3 after starting 4 and 1, then something has to change. Something. Uh, I I don't know if you just put them through a, a grind again. Uh, you know, it, it it seems that in our losses, Neil Brown has come back and said, "Well, it, he wasn't." as hard on him as he thought he should be. Well, maybe you need to crank it up a little more, right? And I know there's always the worry of getting somebody injured or, or wearing them out, but this is a crucial game. This is this is a turning point game. If you go 0-3 in your last three games after starting 4-1, I don't want to say you hit the panic button, but you need to start calling for help something has to change, right? What you're doing is not working. And I think on top of that is it's not like we're going out to Oklahoma and playing and it's like, well, you're expecting to lose, right? They're, they're really humming this year. They're seven and no four, no in the conference top 10 ranking. This is a new team. This is one of your newbies that you should beat because you've had what? 12 years experience in the big 12 at this point. Uh, facilities upgrades, um, you 
know, you should be head and shoulders above them as far as that goes. And so I think even more than just losing the game is losing to one of the new opponents and being 0-2 against the new opponents. That can't happen. You should probably be at least 3-1. and And I think I said that in an episode weeks ago, at least 3-1 and against one of them. I, I can understand dropping one to whoever it would be. And it turns out it ended up being Houston. I don't think you can lose anymore. And I understand as a coach and as the team, you're not looking at certain games other than maybe Pitt or Texas Tech because they had our number. At that's a team we have to beat. You know, you just you want to get as many wins as possible. And, and beyond maybe, like I said, your rival Pitt is is there, there's no team that you have to beat because it's that specific team. But as a fan. And if you're a booster or a donor, I think that plays a factor, right? You can't lose to two newbies back to back. That's just, that's a bad look. It's a bad look for the program. It's a bad look nationally. Uh, you know, what, what's McAfee going to say about it on his show or on, on game day, right? He's, for better or worse, he's a microphone for our program. And, when you're not doing well, he'll he'll let you know. And if you are, he'll let you know as well. So with that said, we have to get this one. And if we don't, I, I don't know where our program goes from here for this season. Uh, I, I can tell you what a lot of fans would, would want to do. And that's something that they've wanted to do for a while, but maybe a certain buyout has kept us from it. But I will give you my two cents on what I think we should do. Right, again, I'm no expert. I did just come off an undefeated U6 soccer season. So, take that for what it's worth. But what what we used to get to 4-1 early in the season was a hard running game and a hard defense. We don't have that anymore, or at least right now. So I don't think we can get back to basics as far as that goes. That's just not working. The run game is not as hard-nosed as it was early on in the season. And our defense is not as suffocating as it was early on in the season. So I think you have to throw that game plan out. It's not working. The new game plan, and I tweeted this out yesterday, X'd it out, whatever you say, is Garrett Green. He is clearly the most talented player on your team at the hardest position and the most crucial position. He is our MVP. He has done it with his arm and he's done it with his legs. And I think we need to ride that wave through the rest of the season. I think the offense has to go through him. Hashtag lean on green is, is a campaign I'm starting sort of, I did it once I tweeted it once, (laughs) But I, I think that's true. I think the offense, you know, we. I understand Neil explained that, you know, you want to see how the, the team is playing you, is playing the run, and that's why our, <clears throat> our offense is kind of a slow to get moving, I guess you could say. But that's not working because our defense is getting gassed and, and we're, we're missing tackles and things like that late in the game. 
But I think to fix that, or to at least eliminate that, is you have to go hard right out of the gate. And credit Country Roads Confidential, and I think somebody else had this source, uh, maybe on three guys. They showed the numbers when we're trailing to when we're leading. And when we're trailing, our offense is gangbusters. Put up all kinds of yards and points. And, And when we're leading... It's like we go completely conservative and just try to milk the clock as much as possible. We have to throw that game plan out because the last two games, it has not worked. And I think what we have to do is come out and every drive has to be like we are down by four points. And you let Garrett Green sling it and you let him run it and you run more RPOs and you put the ball in his hands now other guys can like cj donaldson and justin johnson and jaheem white you know they can be supplemental uh attributes to our offense right you know we need short yardage situations things like that you know keep keep them honest running the ball but i think that we need to put the ball in garrett green's hands and just let our star make plays and the reason I say that is because one we've seen that the offense can score in, in bunches when we when we try <clears throat> and I think early on if we do that and I think we should pick up the tempo a little bit too uh, if I'm being honest if we do that we put more pressure on their offense to try to play catch up and if we can get a cushion you know, a 10-point, 14-point cushion, which we have not had all season, right? I don't think we've led, other than Pitt, I don't think we've ever led by more than four points, it seems like. I'd have to go back and look, but it just seems that way. We put pressure on their offense, and we know what they're going to do. So I think that helps the defense, right? When the other team is trying to play catch-up, they're obviously going to pass more. So I think that plays in our favor, right? You can... As they say, you can pin your ears back and get after him. And so that's just my two cents. Now, others may hear that and be like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. Go back to U6 soccer, which is fair, right? I, I really I, I really don't. I, I'm, I'm not an expert as far as game planning. But to me, that just seems like that's what needs to happen. Garrett Green is your best player. No one else has proved that they are better than him with the ball in their hands. They just haven't. Now, obviously, he's the quarterback, so he's always going to have the ball at some point. Uh, But, you know, if if Donaldson was breaking 20-yard runs four or five times a game, like Ollie Gordon, then, yeah, I would say let's feed him, but he's not. And Garrett Green is, is the one that's making this offense go when we need to score points. So let's just have the mentality that every time we have the ball, we're down by four and just put pressure on the other team. But to me, the old style of us just pounding that rock and draining the clock, it's just not working. We're not the same team right now. And the offense has evolved. And we've shown that when we need seven points, we can go get it almost with ease. And so I think we just adopt that. I'm not talking like a 70-30 
pass to run, but just maybe a little bit more balanced, like a 50-50 or even a 55-45, right? You still want the run game to keep things balanced, uh, but I think you do that more with your RPOs. You know, you have Garrett Green back there, and he gives one or two reads, and if it's not there, just take off because he's going to outrun a lot of people. And even if he doesn't get big chunks, it's something, right? And and keep that tempo going. And if you watch the game against Oklahoma, it, it looked like Donaldson was getting a little frustrated uh, there at the beginning. And just reading his lips, I, I couldn't tell, but it seemed like to me that he wanted to pick up the pace. That's what he wanted to do. And it seems like when we do that a little bit, we're more efficient. You know, if we can get that comfortable lead, if we can get, like I said, 14 points or so. Then in the second half or later in the game, if we still have that cushion, then you can start relying on that ground and pound, right? If you're gassing that team early by running up tempo and putting a lot of pressure and scoring points, then you start pounding the rock. Then that 240 pound back comes at them and they don't want to tackle them. So I think that might be the formula. Again, I could be wrong, you know, so take that for what it is. Those are my two cents. Uh, but I'm going to wrap up this couch episode. It's now 822. Uh, I got to get ready, as I said, for my full-time job. Uh, so that's this portion of the episode. So this final segment, uh, I'll give my thoughts real quick on Central Florida and give a final prediction. This will be uh, real quick to close out the episode. You know, when I did... Uh, look at the numbers a little bit. Central Florida has a pretty potent offense. They run the ball really well. They actually throw the ball really well. Uh, but their defense is a little suspect. And just the struggles with West Virginia as of late, I think this is going to be a shootout. And I do believe Central Florida is probably going to cover. I'm looking about a 14-point victory. Uh, so with that said, I think my final score is going to be Central Florida 48 and West Virginia 34. Um, You know, I gave my thoughts on what I think West Virginia should do. I don't know if they will do that. Uh, But just with what I've seen lately, it just looks like we're kind of lacking right now. Again, I hope I'm wrong. And we look at this, these last two games as just a bad patch and we get back to our winning ways. Uh, But until they show me, I, I can't feel comfortable going all the way on the road to Orlando against a team that, much like Houston, is desperate for a Big 12 win. And on their homecoming with their starting quarterback back, uh, you know, he's had one game under his belt on the road. Now he's back at home. I I just see too much against West Virginia in this. So again, my final score prediction, Central Florida 48, West Virginia 34. Thanks for listening, guys. Fellow Mountaineers, thanks again for listening to episode 15 of the Trust the Beard podcast. Remember, you can find this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Trust the Beard. And again, for more social media content, follow me on X or Twitter and Facebook at Earbeard. That's E-E-R-B-E-A-R-D. Once again, thanks for listening, and let's go Mountaineers!